Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Sex Sales Podcast. This is your host, Eliza, and this is a podcast about, if you're new here, it's about sex, relationships, psychology, and society. Um, I am a little bit worried that it's going to sound a little bit funny today because I have a roadcaster which I record from which basically looks like a DJ board and I have not touched it once um, since Neil set it up for me at my house like a year ago and today my toddler came and pushed all the buttons moved everything around and he broke my microphone which I tried to put back together um so I had no idea how he had the settings <laughs> or where he had the little knob so I just had a little guess um so hopefully this sounds okay if not my apologies. I'll try to sort it out for next week. Um, but it's late at night. It's Wednesday, the 28th, 8 p.m. And I'll be going to bed as soon as this finishes. Um, so exciting news. I launched my private therapeutic coaching. Um, thank you for those that have already booked in with me. I launched it yesterday. Um, it was on my Instagram. So if you missed it there, you can find out the information on that Instagram page, which is Eliza Joy Therapeutic Coaching. Um, or you can go on to my website, which is www.elizajoytherapeuticcoaching.com. Spelling can be a bit hard for that. So I will put it in the show notes. Um, and you yeah, to, I, um, I look forward, I'm really excited to be working with you. So thank you for those that have already booked in. And I would like to say a little bit as well, just about it before we move on. Don't worry. I will be, I'll be quick. Um, but I've had a couple of questions about therapeutic coaching and why I call it that rather than just life coaching or whatever, um, and what it entails, etc. So um, and also I've had questions about my prices. I've had a lot of questions, <laughs> basically, or just all nice questions, all from curiosity. And I think that's totally fair, justified, etc. cetera. Um, but I would like to say that there are, when people seek help, there are often two roads they go down. They either see um, a therapist or psychologist or counselor, etc. That kind of, you know, does a lot of unpacking your past, understanding you at a deep level um, and, and gently slowly guiding you to come to the outcomes you want within your own time and of your own doing. Um, and then there are coaches who generally um, coach from their own personal experience. Um, they may not have the academic background. Um, for example, most coaches I know don't have a background in psychology or counseling or anything like that. Um, they may have been personal trainers or sometimes just completely random jobs and decided to go into coaching, which is totally fine. Um, and they coach from, I guess, yeah, personal experience, um, understanding how to move people forward. And it's very much proactive, action-based. Um, and I remember when I studied life coaching, right after studying um, counseling and behavioral science at uni, I was really shocked that it was, you know, people's past and triggers and barriers etc were almost disregarded um and seen as irrelevant I understand now that the reason why that was probably like that wasn't because it's irrelevant but more because uh most life coaches etc are not qualified to unpack that with you um and it probably wouldn't be ethical to do so so anyway as a therapeutic coach I'm sure you're putting two and two together um where I kind of marry those two so we do 
go into a lot of unpacking and understanding you and who you are at the core of your being and really, really getting to know you. Um, And then I can tailor a program based specifically to you and your needs and your desired outcomes um, to bring you to where you want to be. It is more proactive. So we might see each other weekly or fortnightly, whatever it is you prefer. Um, And I will be communicating with you between sessions, unless you don't want to, which is fine, um, via messenger or voice notes to talk about things that might come up for you, reflections, experiences, anything that might have triggered you, progress, positive experiences, etc. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it works. Um, the pricing, you know, some people price that are coaches and they price very low, um, and some. <laughs> price very very high um I know someone who's a business coach who priced at like I don't know like fifteen thousand dollars a client um and I I just want to say that I verify and sorry I um my pricing is based off my years of education, my years of experience, um, my expertise as well. So you're coming to me for that expert advice um, in this field of knowledge. So yeah, I hope that clears those things up. Um, you can have a look at everything, like I said, from my website. And yeah, I think that it's been really positive so far. Um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. I love to be able to see clients again. Um So yeah, moving on now, maybe I'll bring it up on the next few podcasts one or two times, forgive me. But today, anyways, we'll be talking about situationships. So thank you to the, I don't know if I said something in the last podcast, I can't remember for the life of me, about please write in if you have any suggestions um, or things that you want me to discuss because I had so many messages and of people suggesting such amazing topics. So thank you so much. I will be getting around to them. I have written them down this time. So um, I will be (laughs) on top of remembering them. Um, But one that came up a couple of times was talking about situationships. So uh, basically that's a term coined to describe relationships that don't have like a clear label or commitment. And they've also become increasingly common in contemporary dating. So what used to be, it's kind of like almost a new term for friends with benefits or situationships, or it could be like a, it's complicated type style. But basically what it means is it's it's almost like a monogamous relationship or maybe not monogamous, but it's almost like a committed relationship, but without the, the labels and without the commitment. So they're treating you like a girlfriend or boyfriend and you're treating them like that, but you aren't putting that label in place and you aren't taking that formal step towards calling it an actual relationship. Um, so yeah, it often has, it lacks defined parameters, labels, commitments. Um, it usually involves emotional and or physical intimacy, but it doesn't have that clear designation of being a boyfriend or girlfriend or exclusive partners. Um, people in situationships might spend time together, engage in activities, typical of of a romantic relationship, develop strong emotional bonds, and sometimes even like get to know each other's friends and families, but yet still don't have that title or commitment. Um, I know that I have definitely been in situationships myself. I instigated them um, or I kept it in a situationship, which I'll get into later. Um, I know, for example, once many years ago, my brother was in a situationship with a lovely girl for eight or nine months um, <laughs> and she would you know stay over at our family home 
I she actually got me a job with her when I was 18. We worked at Westfield Concierge together. And it was that long of actually being just a situationship. It was a joke. Like, uh, I was shocked why I never went to it. Anyway, so let's talk about what the positives of situationships are. One, they're flexible. Um, They don't have the constraint of traditional labels or expectations. And you can enjoy companionship and intimacy without feeling tied down, which I'm sure is probably the biggest appeal to people to remain in um, a situationship along with the freedom. So obviously people appreciate the freedom of a situationship and it allows them to explore different connections without the pressure of commitment. So this is what sets off red flags for me when I hear situationships or people tell me they're in a situationship is are they just wanting you to treat them like a girlfriend and or boyfriend and do all these things for them whilst they can go and sleep around with other people and it'd be justified because it's not official. Um, and yeah, the other benefit, of course, is the emotional support you can get, which is kind of like the step up from friends with benefits. Um, so situationships can provide that emotional support and companionships without the need for formal commitment, um, which can be comforting for individuals who may not be ready for a serious relationship. Uh, So, yeah, those are the reasons why they are positive, but why are they bad? Um, One, obviously, the ambiguity of it is like the clear lack of clarity in the situationships, which always ends up leading in confusion, insecurity and misunderstanding or like how do you cope with the betrayal when you find out or if you find out that they've slept with other people And is it a betrayal because you weren't in a relationship? Those kind of um, issues come up all the time. The unmet expectations, so without any clear boundaries or expectations. And it's not, you know, when you try to express your boundaries or expectations within a relationship, it seems to be unjustified because you're not in a formal or official relationship. So you can't say, please don't do that, or I don't like this, or please don't, (laughs) um, you know, pick up women or men at the bars and take them home etc and of course the biggest reason why it's bad or negative is a lack of commitment so it prevents individuals from fully and fully investing or pursuing a more meaningful and committed relationship and it therefore kind of leads to stagnation or worse yet a missed opportunity for a deeper connection with another potential partner that could have been a really beautiful connection so if you're in a situation and you're with someone that's not committing to you just remember that person is stopping you from finding the person of your dreams or finding a soulmate or finding the love of your life or someone that is safe and secure for you so I do really want you to kind of think deeply about it if you're in a situation why is it and how does it benefit you and there are certain types of people that like, for example, I was in situationships because basically what happens is I would always get in a long relationship, two, three, four years um, since I was a young teenager. And then once I was out of that relationship, I wanted to date around, but I liked dating people that I had like a strong emotional bond and connection with. Um, so I would want to date someone for a couple months but not be their girlfriend um, because I didn't want to be tied down and enter into another long-term relationship. And so I would be like, it basically turned into a situationship because I didn't want to commit and I didn't want to be tied down and I wanted to 
you know, not have the obligation of um, providing emotional support for someone at, at their beck and call or being completely committed to them and probably didn't even want to be completely loyal to them. Although I think I'm pretty sure I've, I've never been able to talk to multiple guys at once, even if it's like one day, one guy and, and then the next day, <laughs> but never at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just, you have to think about if this is healthy for you, because there is also a dynamic that I have seen pretty frequently, whereas one person pining a little bit more for the other person and because there are feelings involved and because they have a crush on them or deep feelings or, um, they're waiting for them to change their mind and commit to you. They wait around and kind of pacify with themselves with what they basically I'll take what I can get. It's kind of like a relationship. It's not, I'll take what I can get. If you are in a situation and you are seeking or hoping for a relationship and it's been more than a couple of months of this situation, you need to leave. Like there, there is a level of respect and a boundary that you need to put in place for yourself where it's like this person is not respecting me or does not see a level of, um, you know, that level of commitment with me. If that after a couple of months, they're not saying I need to lock this person down because they're so great and we are so compatible and I can see an amazing future with this person. So yeah, I mean, some people do engage in situationships for very specific s- situations, which I do think um, makes sense. Like, for example, let's say hypothetically, you're studying abroad and you meet someone and you don't want to end up in severe heartbreak when you have to leave back home in three months. So you kind of engage in like the semi-romantic fling but there is a deep connection there and great intimacy um but you both know you're going to be leaving so you you don't want to put a title on it you don't want to make that commitment etc those are the situations where I feel like it's okay to be slightly extended actually that's probably literally the only situation (laughs) where I think that um okay so let's talk about why is it that people engage in um situationships I think um the top reason or one of the top reasons is a fear of commitment. Um, so someone or both, but usually just one person may be hesitant to commit to a formal relationship due to their past experiences, a fear of rejection or a desire to maintain their own independence, or they just want to continue to sleep around. Um, they may engage in it because of just having uncertainty and in today's dating culture where casual relationships are increasingly normalized in fact almost more normalized than monogamous relationships at this point so people might enter situationships because they're unsure about what they want or where the relationship is headed and it's probably wild to think that it's more common now to or expected to enter in a situationship at least at the beginning of your relationship. Um, like I remember when I met Adrian, who by the way is my husband now, um, and he and I within almost immediately, like before him actually, I was literally just a few weeks before him, I was dating other guys um, and talking to other guys and I'd go on some dates and keep it casual, keep it fun. Literally, actually, I was literally in one or two situationships when I was like, okay, I've got enough men on my agenda. (laughs) 
that's disgusting. I can't believe I just said that. I raised that from the internet. I don't know how to edit. I can't be fucked, whatever. But I had enough men on my plate. That's not any better, but <laughs> fuck it. Um, and I went on to delete my Hinge account and then I just saw one. I had a lot of unread messages and I saw one message saying, are you vegan? And I was like, there is no way that this guy who is hot is also a vegan. I've never seen a good-looking vegan man a few and far between, let me tell you. And I was like, yeah. And then he said he is too. And then we organized a date for like two days later. And literally the day I met him, I did not talk to another guy ever again. I mean, romantically, obviously I've talked to men, um, but not in a (laughs) romantic setting. I deleted all my accounts for real. I just knew immediately by maybe by the second day, I knew we were going to end up married. I knew it was my soulmate. I literally just knew it with everything in me. Um, And he was the same. Um, I remember he sent me a text a few few dates in being like I hope this doesn't scare you off I know this is like pretty wild to say but like I really have strong feelings for you I'm really enjoying um dating you and I cannot wait to see where this goes and then a couple weeks after that we'd been dating for literally four weeks and (laughs) we were like in love like (laughs) we were it was not lost it was just pure this beautiful bonding connection which we still have to this day so it wasn't one of those burn hot, burn fast type situations or love bombing. It was just everything aligned with us at the right time, the right moment. And there was not a single flaw or barrier to our relationship, all our long-term goals aligned, um, our level of commitment, our readiness, everything just aligned perfectly. And we ended up in a relationship really quick, really fast. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> this is scary. Be careful. What's happening, etc. And it's pretty wild. It's like people would almost encourage you to, well, just slow down or, you know, stay in a situation ship and date around and this and that. You don't know where it's going to go. Whereas, you know, in when I was in high school or even when I was like 18, when you started, if you went on a couple of dates, <laughs> they would ask you to be your girlfriend like two dates in. Um, whereas now that would be absolutely wild and crazy. Not that I'm saying that's the best thing to do because you do want to, you know, determine if you're compatible. You do want to determine all of these things align for you or at least as many as you can um, before making that commitment. I do suggest that. But yeah, times have changed um, a lot. Anyway, and the last reason, of course, why people engage in situationships is because it's convenient. You get companionship, you have someone to talk to about your day, someone that checks in with you, you can vent about things, you make a good friendship where you're also intimate. Um, You get that emotional support without the responsibilities or expectations of the traditional relationship. And that basically just makes it appealing to those seeking connection without commitment. Um, So let's go into why. Why do people get into these relationships? Or why do people choose to be in this relationship, etc.? Like I said, fear of commitment, pretty obvious. Um, Another reason being their own personal priorities. They may want to prioritize career, personal growth, um, hobbies over committing to a relationship, which actually I kind of understand to some degree. I have met two people in med school, both of which told me, you know, they were interested in dating or they were dating, but they weren't looking for like a long-term partner or a long-term, um, 
yeah, a long-term relationship because they could not give to them that they knew they couldn't give enough time and commitment into that relationship because they were prioritizing their study and work score, but they still sought and desired, you know, intimacy and connection and that bond. And actually that kind of makes sense to me as well. So as long as that other person is completely aware and upfront of it, and hopefully in a fairy tale world, you end up together in the end anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that one is definitely a strong reason why. Um, independence, some, some people just value their independence so much that they want to keep their options open rather than being tied down into a committed relationship. Um, so this is this is one of those ones that's a bit of a red flag for me. Um, and the thing is, is that you know, if you're in a situationship, you got to have the balls to ask why are we in a situationship. And if you don't have the balls to ask why, you need to be doing <laughs> my self-esteem, assertiveness, confidence and building and boundaries workshop with me um, because I see this too often where people will come to me or post online and ask like, oh, this person I'm seeing is doing this and I don't know why. And it's like, ask them, <laughs> just ask them. You literally, you know, suck in this person's dick. You can ask them a quick, simple question of why are we in a situationship? It should be an easy thing for you. Obviously, it's not easy for everyone to put yourself in that situation. Um, reach out to me if it's not. We can work together on that. But yeah, you deserve to know why. This is your life as much as it is theirs. It's you know your time as well. So why? what is their reason for being in a situation? And to be honest, it's unlikely that they're going to tell you, oh, it's because I don't want to be tied down. <laughs> you know, they're probably going to give some other bullshit um, excuse or reason. And it's up to you to determine whether or not you find that an appropriate answer, a fair enough answer. But if you please, for the love of God, I know I said this before, but like I just, my heart breaks when I see people stay in relationships with someone where one person is just, they're so in love or they really have strong feelings and the other person is like, mm, I enjoy the com- your company and I'm going to continue sleeping around and it's this unfair balance. But that other person is like, I'll take what I can get. So please don't do that. Know your self-worth. Put that boundary in place um, because otherwise if on the very off chance you do end up in a relationship with this person, this is the dynamic you are setting up for the rest of your relationship where you will always be feeling insecure. You will always be the pining, always be the chaser, always be the person trying to resolve the conflict. Just don't set up that dynamic. All dynamics from the start of a relationship should be equal. Please, please, please listen to me. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Um uncertainty they might have doubts about the long-term compatibility or future of relationships leading them to avoid defining it as a formal relationship and this surprisingly is something I see pretty often in particular from men where they're like I'm with someone she's really into me but I just know that she's not wife material she's not someone I want to settle down with or she's not going to be the mother of my children and it's like well does she know that and no, most of the time she doesn't. For fuck's sake, please stop wasting her time. Like it's just this woman and especially when I've literally seen people like six years into dating someone still saying those things like, oh, our future can't come. Obviously, there are certain circumstances, for example, where people uh, from specific cultures may have a really strong 
moral obligation and a lot of layers of guilt if they were to date someone from within a different culture or something that is considered wrong or taboo in their family um, and they keep it as a situation ship to not have to lie to their family when they say are you in a relationship um, not that I think that's right or justified but of course there are always situations where it's complicated and it's hard um, and yeah. So um, different expectations, having, yeah, you both don't know or you have different expectations or definitions of what a relationship entails, which may lead um, you to hesitate in labeling, labeling your connection um, because one person might say, like, for example, I've seen people that are really, really into each other, but one person is non-monogamous and um, one person is monogamous. Actually, <laughs> That was me at one point when I kind of casually dated a guy and he was non-monogamous. I was super monogamous and we were in a situation ship um, because we were also really good friends and we hung out a lot in a friend group. We partied together, etc. And yeah, he ended up getting quite strong feelings for me. But I didn't want to commit to him and I wasn't ready. I wasn't going to open up my heart to him because I just knew if I did, then six months down the track, he's going to be talking about opening up our relationship or when the honeymoon ends or whatever. And I was like, ugh, it actually just, I just never really got feelings for him for that level, to that level, probably for that reason. Amongst other things, like I knew that he was really, really into traveling the world and he was probably going to be someone that is actually he's literally in god know what country right now he has been traveling for like over a year and a half whereas I was like I want to settle down I want to get married I want to have kids blah 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 tradition shoot me whatever um don't shoot me um okay emotional baggage this one as well is something that is kind of iffy gray area where you know, someone might have past traumas or unresolved emotional issues that may impact one or both's um, readiness to enter in a committed relationship. And this one is this one is tricky because, you know, it's like you always hear people say, "Don't enter a relationship until you've worked through your baggage and you've sold your baggage, solved, sold, solved your baggage. You've, um, you know, gotten over your traumas, etc." But the reality is sometimes you will never get over them. Sometimes they are with you for life. Sometimes you have triggers and you can do work to better yourself and learn to manage them better. But are those people that have trauma undeserving of emotional connection or physical intimacy? This is this is where it gets kind of like, you know, it's one of those controversial topics. Um, anyway, let me know your opinion on it because – I definitely see both sides on it. I don't think there's one that's right or one that's wrong. Um, But yes, do let me know. Um, And yeah, just cultural or societal factors, like I mentioned before, um, and norms and expectations regarding relationships, commitment may just influence people in general to whether or not they should label their connection as a relationship. So, yeah, that's a little bit into situationships. Um, Do I think they're good? Probably in one out of ten cases, do I think they're good? (laughs) Um, I do think they're good for the first, like, you know, month or two of um, your situationship, but then it needs to be progressing. Then it needs to either be progressing or ending. Anything beyond a couple of months in a situationship is not 
it's not worth your time or it's not worth their time or there's something going on there that's preventing you guys from getting into committed relationships. So what's the point? Um, work it out. Okay. So the other one I wanted to get into, the other topic, which I also got asked about was rebounds. Um, so how do you know if you are the rebound in a situation? Um, in And the person that reached out to me about this, um, I hope he doesn't mind. (laughs) I share this. I didn't ask him. I'm sure it's okay. Um, But he met a guy um, and they've hit it off really well. This guy seems really uh, putting in a lot of effort, communicating really well. They clearly like each other. Um, They're vibing a lot. But this guy literally just got out of a relationship and, you know, the ex is kind of flip-flopping and may be involved, may not be involved, like, in a, in the sense that he is causing some drama still. Like, it's there's still elements. It's, not, it's basically, it's not, you know, it's not maybe reached the closure level or distance that you'd want. Um, and so he asked me, like, well, it doesn't feel like I'm a rebound, but does it just automatically make me a rebound? So that... Um, that was a really good question actually um, for me because it definitely got me thinking where is it if you fall in love immediately after ending a relationship, does that automatically make someone else a rebound? So what is a rebound? It's basically if your partner recently ended a long-term relationship or marriage and then gets involved with you. Um, So I'm pretty sure that's the definition of a rebound, but there are stigmas attached to it. So regardless of the stigmas, et cetera, you you probably are a rebound. However, it doesn't mean that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, But let's talk about some of the um, signs to look for that you may be the, you know, the stereotypical rebound that we're talking about here. So one, um, probably the most important is, that your partner, um, as in the one that's recently ended the relationship, might exhibit signs of emotional unavailability or detachment. Um, Like they might try to avoid deep conversations about their feelings or they're kind of just keeping you at an arm's length emotionally. Um, They're just not ready to go deep. They might be a little bit burnt out from their relationship and they just want something light and casual and fun. Another big sign um, that you're the rebound, and I know that I have been in the situation on both sides multiple times where I've caught myself doing this and I have experienced other people doing this as well, where your partner or they kind of, you know, wish it hadn't ended the way it had wish, uh, ended and if they had turned back around and wanted them back that, you know, they'd they'd be open to it. Not that they would say those words to you. So you kind of have to be conscious and be aware that it's going to be a little bit more subtle than that. Um, but there will be signs that they have not moved on and for God's sake, please do not be that person that hangs around in that situation. If they have moved on, they need time to move on. If you're meant to be together, you will be back you know, you will end up back together, back aligned at a better time. Um, One of the best and most functional adult relationships I have ever seen is one of my first boyfriend's parents. So by now they're probably in their late fifties. I don't know. And they told me that they made a really, really young age. I can't remember, maybe like 17, 18, 19, I don't know, young age, um, or maybe even early twenties, who knows, but whatever, you get the point, they're young. And they've been dating for a few years, had a great relationship, and they decided 
um, you know, they hadn't really experienced other people, being alone, dating, they hadn't been separate from one another and because they had nothing to compare it to, they constantly had this little seed of doubt in their mind and eventually had a very mature conversation saying um, maybe we should break up and explore ourselves on our own and see what happens. And wouldn't you know it, In I think it wasn't that, like, I think it wasn't immediate. I actually think that they may have been separated for a full, like, year or two, but they came back together fell back in love, had the most beautiful, loving relationship even after all of these years. I remember just seeing them be so affectionate and so loving. One of the only people of relationships I've seen of this age group where it's so obvious how much they love and adore each other and how much of that physical connection they have with each other. Really beautiful um, and inspiring. So I definitely believe that if it's meant to be, it'll be. Um, and me and their son, <laughs> we were dating at a very young age and we were like three and a half years into a relationship and I kind of was suggesting the same thing, thinking like, oh, we'll end up back together. Let's just have a bit of a break. And it's God, it was like two weeks after our breakup and I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're not getting back together. Um, so sometimes you need those things. Um, but yes, yeah, so if they compare you to their ex all the time, they idolize their house relationship, red flag, red flag. Um, one of the other signs is the rushed relationship progression. So they kind of like might love bomb you. They might try to move the relationship at a rapid pace saying like, I love you or making future plans together too early. And basically the reason why people do this when you're the rebound is because they're trying to just put you in the place of the person that they've left, that has left them. And there is a situation where I see this quite frequently and it's actually really sad, but it's in the um, often in the case of a grieving widow, uh, usually a man, um, where I've seen these types of men get into a relationship literally, and I've seen women do this um, as well, like months, sometimes even weeks after the death of their husband who, um, you know, they loved and obviously did not want them to die. Um, And the reason why they did that is because they're looking for someone similar or just someone to fill that void because of the grief and loneliness and they're looking for someone to support them and it kind of gets muddled with the romance. Um, And interestingly, though, (laughs) anyone I know that has been in this situation, the person they ended up with, which was obviously very controversial at the time, being like, okay, your your t- your partner, wife, husband, whatever, died two months ago, and you've literally got a new partner. That's wild. But yet, they ended up being really healthy and secure relationships. <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, but anyway, in general, if you have the rebound and they're kind of rushing this progression with you, please take that as a sign. They're just trying to get you to fill that void in them. Um, one of the other biggest red flag, red flag for any relationship is if your partner has a history of frequent breakups and reconciliations with their ex, so um, they're kind of on and off with their ex, that is a big red flag. And you may be kind of like the in-between person and then as soon as that person you know, reaches out to the ex, they're just going to rekindle again. Um, or there's someone that jumps on relationship, 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 consistently like as in more than one freak occasion where they just happen to meet their soulmate two weeks after a breakup if this happens consistently 
They're not taking any time to heal. They're not taking any time to, um, you know, learn things about themselves and reflect. And this is actually something that I have gone through myself where, you know, I've always felt that my relationships were pretty emotionally mature. We had good bonds. My breakups were all healthy. Um, I had good relationships with all my exes. So I felt comfortable like when it was ending to move on relatively fast, find someone else, date, and then I'd end up in a relationship. We'd break up, move on, find someone else, blah, blah, blah. And after my last, before Adrian, my last um, boyfriend, I took, (laughs) this this probably sounds so little of time to you guys, but it was wild to me at the time. I took six months off from dating, which is like the longest I'd ever done in my whole life, um, to really, really make sure that I knew I was okay with myself and I wasn't seeking people to occupy my time or maybe feel safe or basically pick up the emotional burden that I needed to know that I could do on my own. And I learned that actually I was fine on my own (laughs) and I was more than happy and I was out living my best life. It was totally fine. I had no dramas, et cetera. Um, So I did make, I did come to a lot of learnings about myself um, in that break Um, And I think one of the biggest ones was that I broke a cycle of there was a type of man I was dating. Not that it was bad, but I did tell you, you guys probably heard me say this a million times. I have dated so many like super charismatic men in marketing. I don't know what it is, but so many of them. Um, And I ended that cycle and ended up with like a quiet, gentle, humble man that's a landscaper, the complete opposite. And I'm so glad. I'm so fucking glad. I ended up being obviously the we're married now with children. We'll child with one on the way. I ended up being the best thing um ever. So happy days. Yay. Um another sign you might be able to rebound is you get mixed signals. So they're kind of sending mixed signals about their feelings or commitment level. They're leaving you unsure about where you stand in the relationship. They're kind of being a bit blasé. They're dodging the questions. Again, like I said before, if you don't know, just ask. Ask if you see potential. Ask if they're looking for a relationship. Ask, you know, you can ask for a time frame when they're like, often when you say like, are you looking for a relationship? They might say, I'm not ready right now, but you know, you're such a great person. And I definitely see that for us in the future or when in the future, like you don't need to give me an exact time and date moon placement, but is this something that's going to be a few weeks away, a few months away, or is this something that you're like, I'm going to need six months to a year or more um, time on as a situation ship, <laughs> rebound situation ship before I can see myself committing to you. So definitely have those conversations about that um, and find out what their commitments are. And you also, I think that when someone when you know that someone has exited a relationship and they're kind of started dating you or whatever it's also you know it's also partly your responsibility as well to be aware of these things it's not completely all on them to be like you know you're not getting so deeply fucked over if you end up being the rebound because you knowingly have entered a relationship with someone that has just exited a relationship so you need to be aware that there is a good chance not every single chance but there is a good chance that you are a temporary rebound to help them heal and keep them company and then they may want to go off on their own way after some time when they've kind of like 
sometimes people use a rebound in the time that they are processing their breakup so it's not such a stark contrast from being in a you know committed relationship to then nothing um so please do keep that in mind ask those questions be aware and also take responsibility yourself it's not all not all on them um if you're not putting boundaries in place if you're not asking these questions it is definitely on you as well so the last sign as well is they kind of just not showing interest in in personal growth or self-reflection since their previous breakup um and i think that is a sign that they're using the relationship with you as a distraction from their emotional pain which is common and frequent so yeah i think that this this is definitely something that happens really frequently it's common that people will enter exit a relationship and immediately seek company and it's hard as well like I think that seeking physical intimacy is one thing but often especially you know more commonly with women it's it's hard at times for some people to have physical intimacy like hooking up if you want to just say you want to people like get on Tinder and find a guy and take him home sometimes you don't get aroused or turned on or you don't want to be physically intimate with someone that you don't have emotional connection with and often for women, not always, and sometimes for men, but often for women, it's the the feelings of being pursued or feeling desired or the effort someone's putting in or the way that they want you so badly and they're obsessed with you and they, you know, they want to like have you and spend time with you. That's what's sexy rather than someone being like, I want to like just hook up with you one time and wham bam um so you know it's hard when someone exits a relationship and they want that physical intimacy but also there are only certain caveats that are going to get them in the mood for that so yeah food for thought anyway if you're in a situationship and you want to get out of a situationship just sometimes you gotta you gotta just do it and go through your own healing process and you know it's it's hard because you yourself are grieving a relationship um, that may not have actually been ever a relationship and you have to learn to heal from that. You have to learn to move on from that. And you also have to be aware that there may be betrayals. You know, you may have someone that's training other people or, or um, do we still use the word training in 2024? Um, okay. Um, and you might have someone that's sleeping with other people and you have to figure out like, well, what's justified and what's not? What am I okay with and what am I not okay with? Um, do Does this feel like this? More, most importantly, it doesn't feel like that person values me. Do they value my time? Do they value my, you know, effort into this relationship? And are we matched on the values or, you know, goals for this relationship? Whether it be let's keep it a situationship or um, let's progress into a relationship you need to be aligned with it um i'll say it one more time for the billionth time please if you're the person that is hoping someone's going to change their mind and come around eventually and you secretly have feelings for them you need to develop your self-worth your self-esteem you need to be assertive and you need to leave because this will be a cycle dynamic that you repeat consistently over and over and over again until you're 45, 55, 65 years old and then you're thinking, fuck, like I need to find that 
Eliza Joy <laughs> chick and reach out to her about how I can swap this pattern. You know, don't leave it too late. Um, you deserve better than this. You deserve people that value your time and commitment, want you, they um, strongly desire you, they see relationship with you and they can see what you bring to the table essentially. Don't hold yourself back on meeting your potential love or even just being your most positive high vibrational being, um, whether it be single or finding a relationship. Don't hold yourself back with someone that isn't going to commit or flip-flops or doesn't give you a solid answer and you'd be surprised that these people have a really good way of talking and answering the question without actually answering a very straightforward question so if you need to push back and say yes or no those are the options to this answer do you see a commitment with me a relationship commitment with me in this year yes or no there's no ifs, but gray area. You can demand those things. And, if you know, they're not obligated to answer. And if they don't, well, there's a sign of their respect for you. Anyways, it's 9 p.m. almost. And <laughs> I am sadly off the bed. Um, but, yeah, if you are interested in any of my coaching programs, please, please reach out to me. Um, and you can get that 30% discount just for a week. Um, and some of the programs as well, just so I would leave on this note, um, that I have is breaking free from toxic relationships, um, relationship skill enhancement for singles or for people in relationships, um, overcoming personal barriers and enhancing self-awareness, building self-esteem, confidence and assertiveness and setting boundaries, healing from heartbreak, divorce or betrayal, um, I've got relationship communication and conflict resolution skills for couples. I've got couples relationship enhancement. I've got premarital couples coaching. Please do this. If you're getting engaged, whether it be with me or someone else, I don't care, but please do this. Um, extended couples conflict resolution or guidance. So this one is a special one as well, because it is for those people that have that one issue. They're like, I just need, you know, expert advice on this. I don't need to pay, have ongoing coaching or therapy with my person. We've got a solid relationship, but with this is one issue that we had butts on. If you just want an hour plus of my time and that's it, you can book me in for that. So like, for example, it could be, um, if you don't know whether or not you should enter a long distance relationship if someone's going to move away or you might have an ongoing issue or conflict like you know should I prioritize my relationship with my partner my friends um you want to have a single session to build intimacy intimacy skills or just reignite that connectedness um deciding if you should be in a relationship or continue your relationship for couples that have been together since like high school or whatever anyway whatever it is if you just need that one kind of session rather than ongoing I have that um and I think that that is a unique um unique program that I haven't actually seen <laughs> any therapists do or coaches do before where they can like you can just have that one-off session get the answer you need we don't have to unpack every single you know caveat of your personality um so yeah and finally of course there are custom therapeutic coaching programs and packages that we can make based on your needs and desired outcomes anyway goodbye and i will see you next week and by the way i have uploaded one week later so i i did fulfill my promise this time <laughs> okay bye